This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino with you, Scully with you. Bob will be by later on in the show as he is en route to Charlotte, woo, North Carolina, for the President's Cup at Quail Hollow. Uh, Graham Dillette also joining Bob for TSN golf coverage. Graham's going to be by later on the show as we'll do a ton of President's Cup talk today. It all gets started on Thursday. Unlike the Ryder Cup, uh, the four-day competition that is the president's cup Ryder cup a three-day competition there are some similarities but as many similarities as there are when we take a look at these the history of this competition which we will do a bit of today uh competition might be a bit of a stretch unfortunately in terms of describing what this has become uh we're going to get into all of it today but adam you sir arriving from a trip of a lifetime on a red eye let's just let's get that out of the way first and foremost the the most important news and headline of the day is you mr adam scully back from pebble beach how good was your trip it almost feels like a dream i was just dreaming for the last three days and now i've just woken up and and now we're back in real life it's kind of a blur it's it's crazy that uh, that we got to go and and do the, you know go through the bucket list trip of a lifetime thanks to golf away tours uh, scott and tj and the team for setting that up uh, for us and and arranging the tea times and such so we played pebble beach we played spanish bay and spyglass hill and and it was just it was three days that i will never forget with some great company and unbelievable golf we lucked out with the weather too because on sunday yesterday we teed off at 8 20 pacific time and the forecast was not good but we it, it was windy we we battled through a wind warning which we don't really see very often so it was breezy and and we got rained on for a couple of holes but nothing too crazy and uh, went through a long travel day yesterday and overnight but here we are ready to rock Okay, well, I've got questions and I want oh, yeah. details, but but before we do, uh, Will Bateman going to join us as well later on in the show. Now, Will Bateman just won the Fortnite Cup. Uh, he is the man on top at uh, the end of the season on PGA Tour Canada. He is going to the Corn Ferry Tour. He is going to the RBC Canadian Open. So congratulations to Will. Will joined us earlier in the season after his first victory. So happy to have him back on. We're going to do an all-time edition of Winners Weird and What for you when it comes to President's Cup. Um, we're lots to get to, but let, let's start with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Before we take a deep dive on pebble beach here scully uh robert mcintyre the lefty from scotland gets it done at marco simone uh golf club uh marco simone golf club get used to that a year from mm-hmm. now we're going to be there for the Ryder cup uh rory mcelroy opportunity to win double bogeys is opening hole of the day how bizarre ends up uh, finishing a couple off the lead but uh quite a debut for that golf club since uh, a renovation a deep redesign as it gets ready for the Ryder cup next year looking forward to that and on the PGA Tour, we're going to uh, take a closer look. A bizarre finish. <laughs> Max Homa defends his title uh, in Napa 
at the Fortnet Championship. We will uh, get to that on the other side of the break because if you didn't see what went down there, you would absolutely scratch your head between Max Homa and Danny Willett. Okay, Pebble Beach, Skull. Okay, let's break this down. <laughs> yeah. Course for course. Pebble Beach, uh, obviously, you know, 5 through 10 is one of the greatest stretches of golf on the entire planet. Uh, what surprised you about Pebble? Uh, what impressed you? Uh, just give us your all-around Pebble thoughts. Totally. I mean, uh, right out of the gates, I, I, I didn't realize how much of a dogleg the first hole was. Mm -hmm. at pebble because you know on tv sometimes the coverage isn't going right away and they really only show that tee shot and they, they don't show how much of a dog leg right it really is so so that's a, right off the top for me did for you sure. hit driver over the corner or did you hit <laughs> hybrid down the middle so you know me mark I, i'm not a hybrid guy i'm more of a stealth udi long iron or four yeah iron yeah the that's what i meant guy. sorry but but I, the the guy the guys we were playing with uh, Chris and Lou Carmichael we were uh, so uh, Chris and I uh, he's uh, used to be a golf pro in Vancouver so we were playing the tips for the most part and step up on that back tee start shaking a little bit there's some houses right yes, off the right. first tee on the right side no like immediately off the right side mm -hmm. so I'm like if, if I hit this a little bit off the hosel that's not going to look great for me so I decide to pull out the driver. Hit it a little off the heel, but we did have 60 yards in from the right side of the fairway. Cut the corner in a big way there on the first hole. So really, I mean, that that's how the trip got off to a great start. Just missed the birdie putt, unfortunately. But to answer your earlier question, some other surprises. Looking at, like, the, the sixth hole, that is unbelievable how uphill that is. Like, yep. that, like I walked up the right-hand side, and huffing and puffing was an understatement. Just how crazy uphill that mm -hmm. was and then you go to the seventh hole and that green is is so small and it, our caddies what, were what saying, did you get what did you hit on seven where i saw your video there it didn't look like the winds were too bad when you were on seven so it, uh, they were helping so the, the the wind was helping for the most part on the front nine uh for, yeah and then the back nine was almost entirely into the wind which was where i did struggle a little bit but on on seven i hit 56 degree it was 105 yards we were playing an 85 shot i actually pitched it about three feet from the hole left and it spun back about 12 feet and just missed uh the birdie putt and and then you go to go to eight and i didn't i mean i knew it was a blind tee shot but you don't really know how blind it really is it, like to me that gave me a royal county down vibe like we spoke about on our irish travel show last week and when we did that show a couple of years ago too mm -hmm. just you're aiming at a rock and you're getting the the thumbs up or thumbs down from your caddies who are watching from above so on eight i hit five iron i mishit it a little bit and then i hit a six iron from 220 to about 40 feet and two putted for par so uh, those those holes were amazing the ninth hole to the 10th hole just right along the water it's it's I think I took about 600 pictures that day. My phone was about to die on the 10th hole. <laughs> it is so hard to get your line on that eighth tee, but it's yeah. also so hard to get your line on the second into six, to your point. I mean, you're so far beneath that fairway on six. It is hard. You know, when the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am is going on, or the U.S. Open, and even more so in the U.S. Open, uh, most guys are aiming at like tops of grandstands, flags in the distance. We don't have that option when we're out, when you're out there playing. I mean, there's you're hitting into like infinity, into like a blank sky, trying to find a mm -hmm. target. It's so hard to do. And then, okay, before we leave Pebble, 
Driver off the deck. Driver, driver <laughs> on 18. Come on, Skulls. You must oh, yeah. get into the win, I'm guessing, there, too. So, right? you know, it was funny, Mark, because the the majority of the round, it was a beautiful, sunny day. It was windy. I'd say probably a two-club wind on on the second night. And then we got to get to 17. We had about a five- to ten-minute wait, and the temperature dropped about 10 or 12 mm-hmm. degrees right then and there. So 17 was playing into the wind, back left pin location, and I did actually hit it left of the hole, but on the green. So it was a bit of a, a bit of an interesting line, but we made our three there. And then on 18, it was into the wind, and and there was no way I wasn't taking an aggressive line. Hit driver, sort of right behind that famous tree that's in yep. the fairway, and we had 255 in. There was no chance I was going to lay up. Come on. Right. I mean, I, I have to absolutely <laughs> rope this thing to get there. And I was aiming over in the middle of the water. I overcut it a little bit, but off the get-go, you could hear it in the video that I posted. My caddy was super excited about it. Uh, ended up short right of the green. But overall, just walking down Pebble, I, walking down the 18th hole at Pebble, I was trying to walk as slowly as I humanly could because at, right then and there, that experience is over. And it's something that I'll never forget. It's five hours that looking back it'll be some of the best five hours of my life it was so cool and now you go to spanish bay for round two now spanish bay is fun that's your day like to 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 exhale a little it's still a very good golf course but you can get some scoring done a lot of exposed sand a very different look visually uh spanish bay to pebble um you like spanish bay and also tell uh, tell us a little bit about staying at the end you got the bagpiper you got the drink out back the fire pits it's all part of the experience correct i did not oversell that did i oh no not not at all and it's it's all part of the experience and and so after we we played pebble uh we took the shuttle back to the inn at spanish bay and we got to hear the last or see the last five or ten minutes of of the bagpipes going and that was pretty cool in the sunset at dusk it it was pretty remarkable and and the entire experience at the inn at spanish bay the the menus the 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 number of little restaurants that are in there Mm -hmm. um the both drink and food which we certainly enjoyed both of those because that was part of the great experience there uh, which was awesome but the next day was Spanish Bay so that for us was on Saturday more of a calmer day and and we got some scoring conditions which was great I, I almost got kind of like a Arizona deserty vibe at, the, mm-hmm. at some points which which was interesting but a totally different test than Pebble which was really cool and there were a number of, of holes still on the water which was awesome. And for me personally, I had my best score by a landslide at Spanish Bay, so I'll always remember it for, for that too. And I had it going on the back nine, three under through six on the, on the first wow. uh, six holes, on, on the second nine, an, an eagle on the 10th hole, probably the, my, my shot of the, of the week, uh, a seven iron under a tree to about eight feet and maybe eagle putt. And then uh, unfortunately, we had a couple of bogeys down the stretch uh, as I was a little in my head at that point, but uh, still, still a great day at, at Spanish Bay and, and a really good weather day too. And finally, Spyglass. Now, a lot of people, I, I, I text you this. Now, in the road that you played, everybody enjoys Spanish Bay because you can score and it's pretty and whatnot. But if you, if you have 10 people and they go on this trip, five of them are going to say Pebble was their favorite. And five of them are going to say uh, Spyglass was their favorite of the three. But I guarantee you this, I would say seven or eight of them are going to say Spyglass is the hardest of the three. Uh, where were you on Spyglass? You know, because, I, 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 again, like for you, I was thinking, I'm thinking to myself, Adam might like this one the best. 
Yeah, you're you're right, 100%. I, I liked it more than Pebble. Pebble was remarkable. Pebble was something I'll never forget. But Spyglass, I thought, was harder. And that might have had something to do with the wind as well. We also didn't take caddies at Spyglass, which we did say, and we said, when we come back, we will take caddies next time. Because there are some holes where you really do need a, a caddy for some of the lines. Especially, as you know, sometimes my driver can be <clears throat> a little erratic. Some would say but it, it was a great test the greens were incredibly fast and firm which made for some very challenging shots the first five holes there are nothing short of spectacular the fourth hole with the most narrow green i have ever seen playing that straight downwind almost impossible to hold it but some breathtaking views there at spyglass too and just a, a great challenge great mix of holes i love some of the holes there on the second nine and and overall a very challenging test of golf but three days of golf that i will remember for the rest of my life there you go. Well, I I suggest everybody do it at least once. Just do it once you in your to. life. It, you know, it's not inexpensive, but if you plan for it and get ahead of it early, I mean, it's a bit of a pilgrimage in terms of uh, a golf mecca along with uh, St. Andrews. I mean, uh, it's the closest thing we have on this side of the pond to something like that. And uh, I can't wait to do it. Uh, I, now I want to do it again. Of course, I, I haven't played the other two in years, Adam. Like, I haven't played Spanish or Spyglass in, oh, got to be 15, 20 years. Okay. Uh, lucky enough to play Pebble. Uh, usually we play it the Monday after the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So, you know, we worked, I usually work that event every three, four years. So I've got to play Pebble a bunch of times, uh, which is great. But I got to get back and do the, hey, I'm not here to work. I'm here to, to do the golf trip you just did. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I should say, too, one thing that when we go back is there is a, a cool little par three course called the Hay on, on, at Tigers, Pebble Beach. Tiger's new par three which is Tiger's new par three. There's also a great restaurant there. We didn't have a chance to, to catch either of those two, but next time have to go back and, and play because it, it looks pretty spectacular overall. And you know, it was really cool too, especially, especially at Pebble Beach, you know, given, given its history, everyone's overall giddiness. Everyone is just yes. in, in the best mood ever. And we, we got there probably two hours before the tea time. We had a full warm up, and we think, oh, we're on the tee in an hour. <laughs> because we were just so excited we were in the we were in the pro shop for a while but the driving range was as pristine as you can get and then we we watched other uh, other people tee off and the cool thing too is that pga tour champions is there this week so that'll be very fun to see some of the signage was up too which was very cool so it was overall an experience uh, we'll never forget and i've already sent uh, our, our good friend tj rule a text about it and he said call me so after the show I'll, I'll be giving a call to give him a full recap too well there you go i'm glad you had a blast adam and uh i got a 50th coming up uh, a couple years away so i'm thinking that might be uh, might be the spot for to celebrate uh, half a century so i i think i think that that'd be a great spot and i i must say one more thing before we sign up on pebble beach we almost, my dad almost made the trip very pri more priceless and more expensive because on the fifth hole, oh yes, he I hit saw a it. Shot. You sent the photo. Almost jarred it. It was two inches short, and this thing pitched twelve feet short, and it was rolling right at it. We don't know if it hit the stick and and bounced out, but that could have really spiced up the proceedings a little bit. But overall, just an amazing experience. Wow. Awesome. Okay. We're running a little late. We're going to fly on the other side. Fortnite championship. The first event. This is unbelievable. The first event 
of the new PGA Tour season, and we may have seen the most bizarre finish to any tournament we will see for the remainder of the season in week one. We'll get to it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino and Scully with you. The Fortnet Championship kicked off the PGA Tour schedule, the last ever wraparound schedule and wraparound season on the PGA Tour. Max Homa defends his title. It's a Sunday 68. He wins by one over Danny Willett. But if you did not see the finish here, an absolutely bizarre end to the tournament. For those of you who do not did not see what happened, the players got to the last hole, par 5, 18th hole. Uh, Danny Willett laid it up to a really good spot in the center of the fairway. Max Homa, who was trailing by one, hit it into a greenside bunker. And it's actually a greenside bunker that's about 20 yards off the short left edge of the green. So not the easiest bunker shot in the world. Willett gets in there and stuffs his sand wedge to four feet underneath the hole. Again, he's got a one-shot lead already in this golf tournament, Willett, and now he's got a four-footer for birdie at the last. Max Homa, the sand shot comes up a little shy. He's now hitting his fourth from off the green. He chips it in for birdie from off the putting surface, short-sided, downhill, not a lot of room, now technically tied for the lead. But Danny Willett has a four-footer to win this golf tournament. He misses the four-footer. He misses a four-footer coming back for par. He makes bogey three putts from four feet. And Max Homa defends his title, his fourth PGA Tour victory. He is off to the President's Cup. Max Homa suggested Adam this was a big win for him. He's heard a lot of noise this week, last couple of weeks. The noise, the narrative that Homa wouldn't be on this American President's Cup team if there wasn't all those live departures. If DJ wasn't gone, if the Shambo wasn't gone, if potentially Kepkin Reed weren't gone, that Homa wouldn't be part of this uh, of this President's Cup team. I tend to say that's incorrect because he's won more in the last 12 months than all those guys combined. But he needed to make a statement. He made one. Um, it's a 68. It's a chip in. But you got to feel for Danny Willett, do you not? Oh, you really do. And first of all, good for Danny Willett, you know, speaking to the media after. He gave a pretty good perspective saying, you know what, my game's in a good spot. I, I just happened to hit a couple putts a little too hard and perhaps met, misread both of them. But for Max Homa, I mean, a guy who won twice last year, now five career PGA it's Tour five, victories, five. which wow. which is amazing. But the the chip shot, I mean, the ball was clearly going past the hole. He, he might have nipped it a little too hard. It did spin to the right, so it was going past the hole. But to have to have the the, the courage to hit that shot, especially after you know after 
would you say you chunk the bunker shot? It's it's a lot. It's a tough bunker shot. A twenty yard greenside bunker it's a shot. Horrible leave, right? An absolutely horrible leave. Yeah, and and hard to you know. I know they're the PGA Tour players, but it's still hard to be precise from that distance. But for Max Homa, especially to make the Presidents Cup team for the first time. Now, I mean, last week, weeks prior, we might have said. He's one of, you know, maybe the 9, 10, 11, 12 guys ranked on, on that U.S. team. Now he's coming in as arguably their hottest player, right? So, I mean, Scotty Scheffler hasn't played any golf in a couple of weeks. So, for Max Homa, you know, good for him to do this. And, and he's, he's had a great story. I mean, this is a guy who missed a number of cuts in a row, what was it, five or six years ago now. And now he's grinded back, one of the best ball strikers on the PGA Tour, and now a five-time winner. Yeah, taking a look actually at him at some of his numbers this week in, in, in terms of what, what he did uh, in terms of performance, uh, almost 80% of his greens for the week, you know, that that's certainly going to do it. Uh, and the fact that, you know, yesterday he plays that, that back nine pretty flawlessly. And to your point, the leave, not the best, but at the end of the day, uh, even, you know, that was a hard bunker shot to get up there and chip it in knowing, Hey, I got, he, he, he stood over that thinking I have to make this right. And there's a difference doing it when you don't need it versus doing it when you absolutely have to have it. So I guess one could argue that he was playing with house money by then with Danny Willett at four feet out, but that's, that's an impressive 33 coming home. Mm-hmm. He goes out in 35, bogeyed the second hole, but then uh, the rest of the way was was very good. If you're Danny Willett, what do you do from here? I know he said the right things at him. I know, like you know, uh, he you know he gave us the right verbal signals to think that he's got things in perspective. But I mean, this gonna, this this one might be a hard one to forget the next time he has a putt that means something. Certainly some scar tissue here, and this is a guy, or could be happening here for Danny Wool, and this is a guy who has been relatively quiet, Mark, I guess, since winning the 2016 Masters the way he did. And, you know, he played on that 2016 European Ryder Cup team, which was more known, his performance that week, for his what his brother said to the media and what he said about the American fans. And, and basically, they were all over Danny Willett that week, and he just had an, a, a, an awful week playing. But I, I, would, I would think some scar tissue here going forward. But good to see that his game is in good form, bouncing back. I, I know, I don't think he was ever really part of the live conversation. I mean, many people thought he could be that sort of player who mm-hmm. was, had, you know, a good, you know, pretty good couple of years winning the Masters and, and some uh, DP World Tour events. Maybe he'd, you know, jump ship, kind of like a Martin Timer, perhaps, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> obviously he didn't. But one one note on Max Homa, this is now two straight years a, winning the Fortinet Championship, and B, mm-hmm. winning the first event of the new PGA Tour season. Like You just get off to the, the best start to, to do it that way. So good for Max Homa, and now he's going into the President's Cup red hot. And now he'll also, of course, uh, head to uh, uh, Century Tournament Champions yep. as a winner in Kapalua to kick off the calendar year. He'll head to Quail Hollow for the President's Cup. Uh, great performance by Nick Taylor, uh, a tie six to start his season. So nice play by Nick Taylor. Ricky Fowler, an equipment change going to a small cavity back iron now. Also a tie for six for Ricky Fowler, 69-69 weekend uh, for Fowler. Another good performance from Sahith Fagala. Mm-hmm. He's tied in that uh, T6 position. We all liked him in our <laughs> uh, TSN edge picks this week. Uh, Adam Spenson, a tie uh, for 12th. Uh, this week, Mackenzie Hughes, a tie for 25th. Uh, Taylor Penrith also making the cut 
a miscut for Corey Connors, a miscut for Michael Glickick. We should uh, wish Michael a happy birthday. He's 33 today, Michael Glickick. So happy birthday to Michael. Any concern, Adam, that Corey Connors, part of that international team, missing the cut, or is these guys just knocking some rust off to your point? That that's where I was going. Yeah, <clears throat> just going and, and knocking some rust off, getting some competitive reps back in. Because one, once they step onto that first tee, it's going to feel like a totally different golf tournament given the amount of fans that are going to be there. It'd be adrenaline pumping through their system, playing for a team. So, yeah, n- not too concerned about Connors missing the cut last week. All right, on the other side, we're going to start with some President's Cup talk as we'll have a lot of President's Cup talk in hour two today. But we're going to do an all-time three-dub President's Cup on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Talk Canada, it is Dino, it is Scully. Bob going to join us in hour two. Graham Gillette going to join us in hour two. Will Bateman, winner of the PGA Tour Canada season, as he is the man on top of the Fortnite Cup points race. Lots to get to today. Uh, Quail Hollow, we haven't even touched on that, too. Hoping to be able to touch on that with Graham. They're going to Switch around some of the layout, Adam, to make sure that the green mile gets uh, in the middle or, or I guess, early part of the back nine so to make sure uh, it has an impact on deciding some matches. As we know, that you know, not all matches obviously go to 18, so they're trying to get to some of those signature holes at Quail Hollow and get them uh, in a more meaningful match play position. We could see some tees moved up for uh, additional drivable par fours. The rough is down at Quail Hollow. Uh, they're trying to make it more match play birdie, Team USA friendly. Uh, we will get into it in hour two. But uh, since it is President's Cup, why not a retrospective three dub of the President's Cup? And Adam, the tee is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You know, Adam, my winner is is kind of an interesting one because we have this debate or this discussion on where this particular Canadian achievement lands in in the, I guess, in the scheme of things or in the list of greatest Canadian golf achievements. Um, you know, for me, you know, Mike Weir winning the, 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 the masters is the greatest Canadian golf achievement. Uh, personally, I think that is, you know, the greatest achievement any professional from this country has ever achieved. I think maybe number two on that list for me is, is Brooke Henderson with all due respect to her major wins being able to achieve something that the men couldn't and winning on Canadian soil with all that pressure. That might be number two for me, but somewhere in the top five and maybe as high as number three on the list. uh, If it's not three, it's certainly in that four or five uh, range is Mike Weir beating Tiger Woods 
in singles at the President's Cup on a Sunday in 2003 in in Montreal. I mean, Tiger Woods, you got to remember what Tiger symbolized in 2003. This was a machine. This was a, a guy coming off the greatest stretch of any golf we have ever seen in the history of the sport, the Tiger Slam, a completion of Grand Slams, uh, uh, career Grand Slams at at a ridiculously young age. I mean, this Tiger Woods just never lost, it seemed. And yet Mike Weir in front of Canadian fans at Royal Montreal, where we'll be in a couple of years for the President's Cup, I might add, taking down Tiger on Sunday singles, down to the last hole, Adam. This, I mean, this memory is just burnt in, in my mind, and 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 I just got it up there with very, very cool, important Canadian golf moments. Yeah, and, and especially how Tiger, you know, the form he was in at the time, and and, and for Mike Weir to beat him in the Sunday singles, it, it was a great atmosphere too around that entire match and and for tiger i know he stepped onto that 18th tee on that sunday afternoon he hadn't played the 18th hole of the match yet throughout the week like you, you just mentioned about how they changed the rotate the rota of of some holes given how they want some holes played and, and tiger hadn't seen the hole in competition of course he saw it in, in practice but he hit it in, into the water left off the tee and he almost gifted mike the victory uh in, in that sense but it was an unbelievable accomplishment for weir to beat woods uh, in, in their heyday and and i know when we were actually worked together at the president's cup in 2017 uh, there's a cool clip on YouTube where they do a, a little quiz with Weir and Woods on their President's Cup history. I'd recommend people go check it out. All right, my weird this week. Now, when we look at this at pay, on paper this time around, uh, it, it, this looks like it's going to be a landslide win for Team USA. There's a lot of this Team USA team that is a carryover from the dominant Ryder Cup team from last year. There are some new faces as well. The new faces added to this team are multiple winners, guys that have played exceptionally well, with maybe the exception of Kevin Kisner being the weak link on the U.S. team. Although we know he's got a great history of match play. He's a bulldog. Uh, hard to think Kevin Kisner isn't going to play well somehow. We look at the international team, and they're out of all the international teams, U.S. Ryder Cup, President's Cup, European Ryder Cup, International President's Cup, I don't believe that there is a team hurt more by live departures out of all the international uh, uh, team brands than the international team. Uh, Louis Ustazen, Charles Schwartzel, Cameron Smith, uh, uh, Joaquin yeah. Neiman. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this team uh, got dismantled by Liv. And and on paper right now, it looks to be a real issue. The, the weird thing, though, is that we're in the 14th edition, Adam, of the President's Cup. And there's been 11 American victories, one loss, and one tie <laughs> in 13 President's Cups. Completely lopsided. It makes sense now looking at these teams, why that is. But if you look back historically over time, when this first started, I'll give you an example. 1996, the top three players in the world were Greg Norman, Nick Faldo, Ernie L. So Faldo obviously not applicable to the President's Cup, but two of the top three players in the world, international team. If you go through those early years of the President's Cup, when America is still beating them, I mean, the best players in the world were arguably from the international team. Norman, Els, VJ Singh. I mean, 
Uh, it doesn't make sense. Now it makes sense. But, you know, looking back at them, international team probably should have won more in the first six or seven editions of this tournament. Yeah, you're totally right. And, you know, even like Retief Goosen was an, another guy. Thank you. Retief. Yeah. Yes. So many, so many names. And, and you think, too, last time in 2019, the internationals were leading going into the Sunday singles. And the U.S. mounted a huge comeback led by playing captain Tiger Woods. So, But I, I totally agree. And, and you mentioned how, you know, it, this is expected to be an American landslide. They're minus 700 to win this. Like that is that is huge in in the odds books on FanDuel Canada to to have minus 700 odds to win. And and that kind of leads me to my what you know. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about what happened in '98 with the tie in the darkness and, and whatnot, and hope that we get an event like that. But the reality is is what happens to this event if we get another shellacking, if we get another lopsided disaster? Captain Love already has kind of shunned off the uh, theory of, of a mixed tour event between the LPGA and, and PGA Tour, which would certainly di- differ it. Uh, we've heard other people bring up the concept of, of well, what if we allowed Champions Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, etc. All this stuff sounds very gimmicky to me, Adam. I'm not so sure... I think there's a place in the world of golf for those types of events. I don't know if it's the President's Cup, but I am concerned about the interest and the future of this event if we get an incredibly large lopsided U.S. win. One can only wonder what the interest is going to be like by the time we get to Royal Montreal. Okay, Adam, the tee is now yours. 348. (laughs) Oh, man, that is sweet. Okay, Mark, so my winner for all-time President's Cup, and we just spoke about the 2019 President's Cup when Tiger Woods was the playing captain, and he is my winner for his performance that <coughs> excuse me, that week because he won the Masters in 2019, and he was on this incredible high. But then the rest of his year was pretty much MIA. He didn't really contend in any other tournaments at all. He had some minor surgery. Then he shows up at the Zozo Championship and looks like a totally different human being. He bogeys three of his first six holes and then still shoots a six under 64 in that first round. You're thinking, who is this guy? And then he shows up at Royal Melbourne. He goes 3-0. and He's playing flawless golf. In my opinion, the best player on the property that week yeah. by far. And to do it with both as a player and as a captain all those responsibilities, and even on the Saturday, which is the same case this time around when they play 36 holes, he was supposed to play in the afternoon session, but he said, boys, I can't do it. I'm too tight. I, I can't get loose right now. And, and everyone was sort of thinking, really? Like, you're our best player. We're losing right now. And he said, yep, just trust the process. Don't worry. So for Tiger, he's my winner because that was a remarkable performance back in 2019. I, I know you're going to laugh, but I'm surprised he's not on this team. Uh, I mean, the only reason he's not on this team, I know, I think he's not on this team, Adam, simply because I think he he probably verbally uh, spoke and acknowledged to Davis Love the Third that you know I'm I'm not I'm not physically ready, not playing enough golf, I, I can't be on this team. I think uh, if he wanted to be on this team, he'd be on this team. Um, hopefully, we see him on the on the property there, and uh, and uh, he's a part of it in some capacity. 
Yeah, totally. That, that, that would uh, be awesome. Now, Tiger was also a part of Team USA in 2007 when someone by the name of Woody Austin was also on that team. And that's my weird this week. And this is one of the funnier moments you'll ever see on the golf course. We'll play this uh, on TV as well. Woody Austin hooked his approach shot on a par four and his ball just happened to creep into a water hazard. And he looked up the line and said, yeah, I'll give that a go. And that's when Dan Hicks' famous line, Austin overboard, where he hits the shot and he just gets all water. All you hear is the smash of club hitting water. And, and, and Woody Austin hits the shot and keels over into the water where his, the, the, the bill of his hat was totally drenched. And then they, they pan to the other players on the fairway, on the greens, and they all have towels over their faces because they're laughing so hard. So Woody Austin, who would have thunk it that Woody Austin would get the nickname Aquaman? But Woody Austin, he is my weird in terms of Presence Cup. Pretty, pretty wild, pretty wild scene. And I mean, the wild scene. The images of him going to, and then do you recall the next day, Adam? He showed up with the snorkel and yeah. the diving mask the, the yeah. next day. That, that, in was, his bag. that was hilarious. Pretty good, right? So yeah, yeah, pretty good. And my what this week. When, when these team events happen, generally the players like to blow off some steam on the Sunday night, maybe mm-hmm. enjoy a celebration, maybe enjoy a cocktail or two. And sometimes they enjoy these cocktails before meeting the media. And that's what happened back in 2017 in particular. I was sitting in that press room. I believe you were too, Mark. I know Bob was. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. won that in. They shellacked the internationals that week. And they showed up to the press conference. Let's just say they were a little toasty. They were a little warm, perhaps. Matt Kuchar opened the proceedings by hosting. He was hosting. He was asking questions to the guys. Players <clears throat> were making fun of Jordan Spieth because he was still hadn't won any singles matches. Dustin Johnson was just quite frankly obliterated, and he was dancing on a table. <laughs> so uh, all in all, it was uh, it, you know these guys like to blow off steam. We've seen it before with the Europeans on the Ryder Cup team too. I'm, I'm, maybe we'll ask Graham about what the celebration was like. I know they didn't win back in 2013, but these guys. They're humans too, and it's a very stressful week, and they like to enjoy themselves on a Sunday after the tournament as well. It's going to be really interesting. Again, we're going to get into the conversation with team room camaraderie, and uh, you know, I'm second guessing Trevor Immelman already. I know you know the event hasn't started, but I started second guessing him immediately, even on the picks, because I mean, when do you start picking the team? as pairs, as a team, Adam, as opposed to individuals, which is why I was thinking maybe more Canadians would be added onto this team. Uh, you know, we're, we're obviously looking for natural pairs. It's going to be, I mean, if, if Trevor Immelman though, here, 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 if Trevor Immelman gets this team even close in this competition, if they don't get run over, if they just make it a game, he should be applauded for a great job. Yeah, if, if they can keep this close, if they can tread water, if they can, if they can be you know tied after the first session, if they can keep this thing interesting going into the, the second session on Saturday afternoon, it'll be a huge win for the internationals. And and if if they can, you, you never know with single, you never know with this format too, right? I mean, and and singles overall, anything can happen. We've seen huge comebacks in the past. We've seen so much happen in singles in the past. I, I'm looking forward to this week personally, uh, and I'm hoping the internationals keep it close. They, they need to win Thursday. They need to get out early and they need to win Thursday and start believing, A, if they win Thursday, A, 
they start believing they can win. And B, they allow that little bit of doubt into Team USA's mind. If Team USA goes out and wins Thursday or wins handedly Thursday, etc., I mean, this could be over by the time we get to Saturday. It could be over before Saturday starts. Well, back in 2017, the States were one point away from clinching the cup on Saturday. Mm -hmm. On Saturday. Which, which was wild. I believe they were up 13 and a half to three and a half, I believe. So it was very close at the time, but or not very close at the time. So hopefully the internationals keep it close. Hopefully our Canadian boys get off to a good start and looking forward to a great week. And uh, if you're looking at you know, some kind of light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. And you're looking at this international team. Sun JM played great down the stretch. Tom Kim played great down the stretch. Taylor Penrith played great down the stretch. Siwoo Kim a return to form down the stretch. So they do have some players on this team. Adam Scott, a return to form, played great down the stretch. So they do have some players playing well at the right time. Fingers crossed, we'll see. Speaking of the President's Cup, we'll get you caught up on the other side. All things scheduling of Golf Talk Canada, as well as President's Cup, a CTV TSN, your home for the President's Cup, PGA Tour, all major championship golf. And uh, we'll tee up hour two. Lots of cup talk in hour two. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Speaking of golf, Play Golf Myrtle Beach, Adam and I will be heading end of October to take uh, Team Canada to go against the Paulsons, Carl and Dennis Paulson in the Can-Am Cup. Looking say, forward to that. It's it, almost a month to the day, I want to say. Yes, I think we leave on, man, I want to say it's the 18th, but. Right, 18th, 19th <laughs> of October, I think we head down. That, that, that sounds Looking right. Looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's the 18th that? or 19th. I, I, I can't find go. it in so, my emails right now. Uh, but yeah. Look, yeah, we're going to play True Blue, Caledonia, Tidewater, and uh, Grand Dunes and see if we can take the cup uh, north, head north. The inter uh, I guess we're representing the international squad. Ha ha. Oh, yeah. There we are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll be ready to rock. And if, if we're a duo together, I mean, we'll have a planned celebration, ready to rock. I mean, Tiger Woods and Matt Kuchar had a uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air inspired high five a couple of years ago, which was just flat out weird. So, I mean, hopefully we come up with something a little better than that. Well, we will be playing together as partners on the final day against Carl and Dennis. Oh. And who knows? We'll go off last as well. The entire Can-Am Cup could come down to you and I. I'm terrified already. <laughs> 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 I love it. Uh, President's Cup this week. Oh, before we get the President's Cup schedule, Adam, uh, I spoke with our 20 Weeks of TaylorMade winner, Christian Anderson, by oh. email last week. He is booking. He has already booked his custom fitting at TaylorMade for his through-the-bag uh, custom experience. And he is uh, locking down his dates for Casa de Campo. I believe he is going uh, around Masters Week. In fact, he mentioned potentially watching the Masters in Casa de Campo, which I think would be a pretty cool uh, experience wow. for him. And funny little note, Adam, maybe something that you probably don't are, are not aware of. 
in the Dominican Republic at the high-end resorts, they get TSN television. And I have watched Golf Talk Canada in the Dominican Republic. No way. Yes. Yes, oh, I that's have. that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, very that's cool. Very so uh, he can. So Christian will be able to watch our Masters preview special as well if wow, he's down. That's amazing. There, okay, uh, uh, Masters week. Speaking of President Scott, I'll get started Thursday on TSN. Correct. So t- uh, our coverage on TSN doesn't get underway until the weekend. So TSN one is the home of the President's Cup. Eight a.m. Uh, through to 6 p.m. on Saturday. That's the, the 36-hole session, or two sessions, I, I should say. And then noon on Sunday as well for the Sunday singles. But uh, the President's Cup itself gets underway on Thursday. We have a preview show on television, 1 p.m. TSN 4. Uh, on Wednesday, we'll, we'll have a full re- uh, full preview. Graham Dillette, I know he's going to join us momentarily. He'll also join us on TV to yeah, he has a little essay that he's put together talking about the experience of playing at the President's Cup. We'll, we'll ask him all about it, what it's like to, to play, you know, 52 weeks of the year as an individual, and then one week of the year you go out and you're part of a team. What is that like? So all that much more on our preview show this Wednesday. And then a week today, you can not only listen to Golf Talk Canada uh, Radio, but you can watch Golf Talk Canada Radio as Adam and I will be in studio uh, simulcasting on TSN2 to wrap up uh, – who knows? Maybe maybe we get surprised. Maybe an exciting edition of the President's Cup. Uh, one can only hope. Fingers crossed. Uh, just a reminder, as of uh, October uh, 1st, Golf Talk Canada Radio is uh, moving to 60 minutes. It'll be 10 a.m. Uh, every uh, every Monday morning, 10 a.m., TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, of course, also our friends out in Edmonton listening uh, and listening online across the country at tsn.ca. We are 10 a.m., uh, 60 minutes of Golf Talk Canada throughout the win- winter, starting in October, and that'll run right through to the uh, third week of January uh, when Golf Talk Canada will return for season 13 back to two hours on the Monday, and we'll have a major announcement that will affect the entire Golf Talk Canada season for 2023 uh, as we return in uh, January of next year for the Farmers Insurance Open, Adam. So, oh, uh, and I still don't have my uh, schedule, so I don't know where I will be when that okay. <laughs> when we start our, our season. But we'll be ready. There are a lot of always a lot of moving parts, and it's great that we're traveling again and 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 looking forward to being with you back in studio because I know too, and I, I know we're running late here, but you're off to congressional here momentarily. Uh, we'll get to that in hour two. Yes, okay. I am okay. off to DC to uh, play in the congressional member guest, which wow. I'm looking forward to as well. Wow. So. Uh, but we'll chat a little about that in hour two, because in hour two, we got weeks. We got Will Bateman, who uh, leads the way, won the uh, Fortnite Cup, uh, the race to the Fortnite Cup on PGA Tour Canada. But immediately on the other side to kick off hour two, a member of the 2013 international team for the President's Cup, Graham Dillette, joins us, TSN golf analyst, on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.
This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino Scully. Weeks are going to be by at the bottom of the hour. We're talking President's Cup. We'll also take a time out to speak with Will Bateman, who is the man, the champion on PGA Tour Canada. He gets it done. He's headed to the Corn Ferry Tour. He's headed to the RBC Canadian Open. But joining us now to talk some President's Cup, a member of the 2013 international team on that President's Cup, and our TSN golf analyst, Graham Dillette. Graham, thanks for doing this with Adam and I. How are you this morning? I'm great, fellas. Thanks for having me on. I can't believe that. It's been almost 10 years since I was on that team. That's crazy. Uh, Well, hopefully... You've got some, uh, you can go into the memory bank and pull some memories of that because right out of the gates, I wanted to ask you, you know, the narrative for the media, Graham, is it's hard to gel this international team, unlike a Ryder Cup team where there's these natural pairings of these Europeans and whatnot, and obviously the Americans have their synergies, etc. that this international team feels... Uh, almost kind of slapped together in a sense that other than the shield that Ernie Els created last year and, and, and other than this, this event that the PGA tour created in, in 1994, that it's hard to find that natural com- camaraderie. Is that BS? Is that just narrative from a media standpoint or, or from your experience back in 2013, did you sense that? Did you, do you get a feeling for that when you enter a team room? Yeah, there's some truth to it. I mean, I don't think uh, any player or any captain on the international team would ever use it as an excuse by any means. But, uh, I mean, the one that I was on, it was a Hideki Matsuyama was young and the up-and-coming kind of new superstar. And uh, Nicky Price that year put him with Adam Scott to kind of have Scotty, you know, kind of take, his, take him under his arm that week. And they were partners all week, um, you know, with Scotty being kind of one of the veterans and leaders or whatever. But, there's definitely, I mean, like, uh, you know, there's a language barrier, there's a culture barrier, and uh, there isn't as much, you know, adhesive, like, chemistry like you um, like you see in, you know, like the European team or the American team, for example. But, uh, like I said, it's once you get out there, it's golf, and uh, so the excuses are gone from that standpoint. But there is something to be said, though, about just really caring and playing for your team that I think that – um, you know, the, the U.S. and the Ryder Cup team have a little bit more than, than the international team. And it's just because, you, you know, you, you see these guys week to week, but you're not going out for supper with them and, uh, or having beers or playing practice rounds very often until like maybe the month or two leading up where the captain's like, hey, let's all get together and start playing some practice rounds together on PJ Tour just so we get to know each other a little bit so you know who you're going to battle with. So, Graham, you mentioned Matsuyama and Adam Scott partnering that week, and you spent a lot of time partnering with Jason Day. From what, from what you can recall, how did that partnership come to be, and how much did you enjoy playing with him? Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. At that time, I mean, Jason was a top-five player in the world. So no matter who they put me with that week, it was going to be a good partner because everyone can play. But um, that was nice, obviously. And, you know, he, he's such a good putter, and you have a, a guy behind you who – plays a power game, can make lots of birdies, and especially in the um, best ball for, format, the four-ball format, making birdies is everything. So you got like a firepower player. So that was a nice partnership for sure. And, uh, you know, there was the times where 
he definitely carried me through a couple little ruts or, you know, three or four bad holes, and I was able to do the same for him um, going back. But it's crazy to see how much the team, you know, has changed. Uh, you know, all the kind of the stalwarts or whatever, like the Jason Days that you've come to see, you know, week or year in, year out. Obviously, lost some guys to the live, and uh, it's going to be it's a different team this year for sure. Um, they got their work cut out for them. There's no question about that. I mean, the depth of the American team is pretty unreal. Um, but that's why you play it. You never know. You, you know, guys have to get hot. They have, the international team has to play extremely well to win. Um, but there is always that possibility. Graham Quell Hall is one of everyone's favorites. I mean, year in and year out, whether it's hosting the Wells Fargo, whether it's a PGA Championship year, et cetera, et cetera. But this is going to be a different look from what I've read from Quail Hollow. We're going to shake up some of the whole rotations, get the green mile, move it up earlier in the back nine to get it in in the meat of where a lot of the matches will, will come to an end. We're hearing tees move, moved up on, on, on potentially a few par fours to make drivable par fours. And not a lot of rough out there compared to previous years where we've seen Quail Hollow on, on a global TV scale. Uh, I'm hearing, said, you know, it sounds to me like they're setting this thing up for birdies and setting this thing up for Team USA. What, what have you heard about how different this Quail Hollow is going to be? Well, yeah, I know that they, uh, you know, there's no overseas, so it's, it's going to be, you know, that kind of fall Bermuda. Um, and it obviously it depends on rain and everything. But, you know, with, with that, you, they, can, they can make it firm if they want. Um, but if they want birdies, I'm sure that they're going to kind of keep it down. I think the rough's not, like, crazy either. You play that place in May, and it can play really long and just heavy uh, golf course. And, uh, you know, you play it now in the fall where you get a little bit of run and chase, and all of a sudden these par fives are much more reachable. So, uh, you know, weather-dependent which I just looked here uh, a couple hours ago, and it looks like a pretty good week of weather. So, um, you know, obviously anytime uh, the U.S. has the ball in their court, they're going to set it up to where they think, you know, uh, you know, the advantages to their players. And the same thing we saw at Royal Melbourne last year. They, they firmed it up, or two years ago, they firmed it up. They played it really fast, played the ball on the ground, because a lot of those Aussies grew up playing that way, and that's not the American style of golf. So, um, you know, you, obviously the American team has the advantage, whether it's with course setup or their roster. Um, but there are some pretty good players on this international team too, so don't sleep on them quite yet. Yeah, there's certainly some great players on this international team, including for the first time two Canadians in Corey Connors and Taylor Pendrith. Now, obviously, Graham, you've played the President's Cup before. You felt the emotions, the adrenaline that goes through your system playing for a team, playing in front of a huge gallery around the first tee. What kind of advice would you give or will you give Taylor and Corey as they prepare for their first President's Cup? Well, first you, you soak it in and you enjoy it because uh, that was one of the most special weeks uh, of my career looking back in hindsight. And I think I got really tied up into the emotions of it early, especially that first tee box. Like it, it was, I've never been so nervous. I could barely get the ball in the tee, you know, just hand shaking. And, um, you know, and I've heard other guys, you know, with Ryder Cups and everything say, you know, if you're not teeing off till later, go stand on the tee and just feel the energy so that the first time you or when you get to the tee box and you're teeing up your ball, you kind of know what to expect and you have that kind of feeling inside you because it's something totally different. Unless you've played Ryder Cups or President's Cups before, it's, there's, there's a, a massive energy in the, the nerves and the hair that stands on end and the, 
noise and uh, just the grand, like how big it is. And I know they actually, I thought they extended the tee box there on at the first hole to um, make way for some more uh, grandstands. And I saw some pictures. It looks pretty amazing there in that first tee. So that's one of the big things is getting off to a start and not getting, you know, just too involved in how big the moment is. Um, but they're all pros too. And, uh, you know, Trevor and, his team, you know, with Weirzy on there as well, they've they've been through this a lot. So they're going to have their guys ready to go, and then it just comes down to execution at the end. If I'm Trevor Immelman, I'm sending uh, the team of Penrith and Connors out first. I'm pulling the jerseys over Team USA's head. I'm starting with a good old hockey fight to get my team in it. That's what, that's what I'm doing <laughs> if I'm Trevor Immelman. <laughs> Uh, any sleepers on? You mentioned some of the talent on this international team, uh, Graham. Before we let you go, you know we know the names on Team USA that are that are going to be paired together. We know how they've played in the past. We know what they did at Whistling Straits for the Ryder Cup. You, you got any surprises? You think on this international team, some players that might surprise people that uh, you know, like a Tom Kim, for example, that went out and got a win when he needed to with the Wyndham, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Are, are there some names on this international team you got your eye on? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it right there with Tom Kim. I think that he is potentially a future number one in the world. I mean, he is just an insane talent. He's won and pretty much dominated every single level all the way through, you know, small tours in Asia, all the way up, Corn Ferry, whatever it is. He just wins, 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 wins. And you can't fluke that type of game. So, uh, you know, I, I, I watched him play. We called him live uh, one year, one week there on PJ Tour Live when I was doing it. And uh, I couldn't believe how good this kid was. And, I mean, he's still so young. I don't know what he is, 21, 22. But uh, insane talent. And, like I said, he could be a future number one player in the world. So, I think just the tip of the iceberg with what he's capable of. Graham, thanks for the time. We'll be watching for you this week on TSN. We'll talk to you next week and uh, enjoy the President's Cup. Hopefully we get a, a bit of a surprise good one here, maybe a sleeper, and we, uh, we're we all fully engaged come Sunday. One can only hope. That's it. I mean, if you got a chance in the singles, that's kind of what you're looking for. And, you know, anything can happen in singles, especially like the momentum just gets going like crazy. And, uh, you know, as long as you're within striking distance going into Sunday, uh, there's a chance to hoist that trophy for those boys. Have a good week, Graham. Thanks so much. Uh, Graham okay. Dillette, he'll be with uh, Weeksy on uh, TSN uh, throughout the week. Watch him for him on SportsCenter, tsn.ca, etc. as uh, TSN, CTV. We're all over this President's Cup, hoping for a big win come Sunday. And who knows, maybe it comes down to a couple of Canadians on this team. We'll talk a little bit more President's Cup with Weeks later on in the show. But on the other side, we're switch gears, PJ Tour Canada. It's in the books. Will Bateman, he's the man. He joins us on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. PGA Tour Canada, Fortnite Cup Championship. It happened down in Kitchener, Deer Ridge, this past week as they wrapped up their entire season. 
And of course, a lot was on the line. The top five getting uh, status to Corn Ferry Tour. There was positions at the RBC Canadian Open up for grabs. And the winner of the Fortnite Cup in the race of the Fortnite Cup got full status on the Corn Ferry Tour for the season. He ends up getting it done. Another victory as he got it done in style, leaving on a, a winning note. Someone who joined us earlier in the year following their first victory, Will Bateman joining us now. Will, congratulations. What a season. Um, when you sit back now and you go, hey, my goal was to get to the Corn Ferry Tour. My goal was to be on top of this list. My, my goal was multiple victories, et cetera, et cetera. And now you look back and you've actually realized all of them. What kind of satisfaction? Uh, and have you had time to absorb it as of yet? Yeah, um, you know, obviously very satisfied and just super proud of myself this year. And, uh, yeah, it's slowly starting to sink in. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to take a couple days. I'm still kind of running pretty high on adrenaline. I barely got any sleep last night. And uh, I'm just uh, really happy. When you got to get off the golf course, Will, and look at your phone, what kind of response did you get from friends, family, the works? I'm sure your phone was blowing up. Oh, it's, it's incredible. Um, just, you know, having the support behind me and, um, you know, having everybody reach out and, and, you know, some of the, some of the tour guys reaching out to me, you know, Hadwin and, and, uh, my buddy JJ and it's just been fun. And, and, uh, yeah, you know, when, uh, when you get the wins, you have a bunch of people reach out. It's just, it's the greatest thing. It's such a good, uh, such a, such a fun time. Uh, maybe this is a question that, is, is likely better to ask you a month from now when you've had time to do some reflecting. But I'm curious, you know, now that the season's behind you, you accomplish your goals, multiple wins, et cetera, et cetera. Is there something you learned about yourself, uh, whether it be who you are as a competitor or something about your game? that you learned along the way this year that obviously you're going to put in the tool chest for the corn Ferry tour in 2023. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking really, you know, short term over the last day or so, I, I, I learned a ton. I, um, you know, finishing my roundup on Saturday, knowing that, uh, that I was in the final group and, and, you know, I was obviously the top Canadian at that point. Um, for the season long and and just knowing that I was going out there with that pressure um and you know being honest with my feelings and and you know telling my support group that I was nervous and um I I you know I walked off the golf course and I was on the right car ride home and I just I just told everyone I'm I'm I'm, I'm really nervous um but I felt like being able to really handle that situation and you know that that was probably going to be one of the hardest rounds of golf I've, I've ever played in my career. And, and it ended up being that way, especially with the course set up and Deer Ridge was such a challenge and it was blowing 30 and it rained on the first six holes. And just, there were so many factors out there and um, just to be able to handle that pressure, you know, at a, at a tour championship and, and, you know, to be able to come out on top was just uh freaking incredible. I'm just, I'm just really, really happy. 
Well, and, and how about the way you closed out too? Talk about closing out in style. You making a putt probably eighteen twenty feet just off the green. How about that? That satisfaction to make that kind of putt to seal the deal. Yeah, um, I I don't think they even posted on Twitter uh, the shot on fourteen, but I felt like that was kind of the game changer. I uh, so I hit it left there the last two days. And uh, yes, uh, yesterday I hit it like kind of right in between two trees. I ended up chipping it out, but not getting it to the fairway. So I had like 178 to a back left pin, pretty much an impossible shot. I was just trying to hit it in the middle of the green. Thought I hit a pretty good shot, ended up going left of the green. And I'm the most short-sighted, downhill, out of the thick rough, straight downwind shot. And I hit this flop shot that went, you know, whatever, 15, 20 feet in the air, I'm literally trying to get this thing within 20 feet of the hole. And I thought 20 feet was a great shot. And it came off perfect. And my caddy, Adam, was like, go in, go in, ended up going straight in the middle of the hole and dropping in. And, dude, like, when when that stuff happens, it's just that you kind of, you feel like it's your week because, you know, like I said, I, I really felt like that was a two-shot swing there. And then to be able to collect myself, um, going to the 15th tee and be able to calm my nerves and, and, and hit that tee ball in the fairway and then, uh, you know, flip it in there to six feet, make birdie there. I felt like that was huge. But I, I really owe a ton to, you know, my psych um, um, for all the hard work we've done and, and just to be mentally prepped for, you know, big moments like that where you hole a shot out and you're so excited, you, you practically black out, but then you know that you got to go to the 15th hole and you got to close. I felt like uh, that was a big turning point. So, so obviously, a huge step forward in, in your your the, your mental approach to the game that you you just laid out for us. Uh, confidence that you can get it done in the size of the moment. Deal with nerves. Deal with all these things. But you know, typically the Corn Ferry Tour doesn't start till Bahamas in January. So, Will, what, what happens now between now and January? What will you work on? Uh, will you get any playing opportunities between now and then? What's the plan to be ready now for the next step come January Corn Ferry Tour? Yeah, um, you know, uh, I'm a professional golfer, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep, keep competing. So, um, I'll probably play, you know, anything that I can. I think that my status now gets me into all the PGA Tour Mondays. So I'll play, you know, probably three or four of those uh, leading into the new year. And then, um, yeah, I might play some uh, some mini tour stuff around Arizona just to stay sharp. I feel like if I, you know, if I take time off of, of competing, um, it takes a couple weeks to kind of get back into it. So um, as long as I just, you know, continue to put myself under the gun a little bit uh, leading up to the new year. I think that uh, that'll be great. And then, yeah, off the course, just uh, work hard on my fitness and, and um, do my best to be in the best shape possible for, uh, for next year. I know it's going to be a long season. And um, just to know that I, uh, I don't have to worry about any reshuffles or anything like that. And I can set my schedule and, and, you know, obviously the RBC is a, is a amazing perk too, and I'm I'm really pumped to be playing. You know, my my uh, my home open, and and um, I'm just really excited, man. I'm just really stoked to to keep working, you know, super hard on my game, and and I'm just gonna step up my level of um, the process, and and uh, keep working hard, and and let the chips fall. 
Well, well, you've had an unbelievable season on PGA Tour Canada, obviously. Now you're off to the Corn Ferry Tour. But now looking back, how appreciative are you of the opportunity with PGA Tour Canada, given everything that's gone on in the world with COVID in the last couple of years, and now they've had a full season and you've had the year you've had? How, um, how amazing has the PGA Tour Canada been for you? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just so grateful. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful for uh, Scotty Pritchard um, and all the hard work that he put into this year, and and uh, you know getting the getting the last event of the Fortnite Cup uh, at a, such a good golf course, I think it showed in the scores, and 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 all the players were uh, just so appreciative of playing such a good golf course and a tough golf course at the last event, and and you know all the staff and and the rules officials and and everyone that uh, you know made the tour possible this year was just massive and and definitely couldn't have done it without them and just having the you know the ability to um to be able to move up and and have you know pga tour canada be there to advance us to the next level i think was uh was amazing and i'm just very very grateful well congratulations on a great season we will do this again next year when you're a winner on the corn ferry tour deal deal (laughs) <laughs> all right enjoy your winner will bateman he is the man he wins the uh race of the fortnet cup he heads to the corn ferry tour you'll see him at the rbc canadian open tremendous year for will bateman on the other side we'll talk president's cup hopefully connect with bob weeks and we're going to take a dive on uh the rosters of these president's cup team who is playing with who Uh, potentially here moving forward coming Thursday at this international team takes on this giant of Team USA. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada. We're going to flip the script here a little bit on GTC as Weeksy just landed in Charlotte. So we're going to give him... A little bit of time to clear the plane, get settled before we give him a ding. So we're going to give you some leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, bushnellgolf.com uh, for all your rangefinder needs. Lots of golf happening in the world. Portland Classic on the LPGA Tour. Andrea Lee gets it done at 19 under par. Brooke Henderson, another top 10 finish on the LPGA Tour. We already spoke to... Will Bateman, we just let him go. He got it done on the final event of the year, Fortnite Cup Championship down at Deer Ridge in Kitchener. He's the winner. He's also the man on top of the race to the Fortnite Cup, so he'll head full status Corn Ferry Tour as well as the invite to the RBC Canadian Open. Sanford International Champions Tour, Steve Stricker, Robert Carlson in a playoff. Strick birdies the first playoff hole. He gets it done on PGA Tour Champions. The Italian Open, Marco Simone Golf Club in Rome. Why is that important? A year from now, it hosts the Ryder Cup. Quite the leaderboard, quite the show. The lefty, Robert McIntyre, gets it done 14 under par. Rory McIlroy in the hunt in this one. And now McIntyre with his eyes set now firmly 
on the Ryder Cup European team. He wants to be there, and he was very open about it. And Max Holma defends his title at the Fortnite Championship on PGA Tour. It is the first event of the wraparound schedule. Gets it done at chip in, a bizarre finish by Danny Willett. Homa, 16 under par, a one-shot win over Danny Willett, who three-putt from four feet to lose this golf tournament. Unbelievable. Okay, before we welcome in Weeks on the other side, let's take a look at him here at who are these teams. First off, the favorites, the heavy favorites. Team USA, Patrick Cantley, Sam Burns, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, Tony Finau, Cameron Young, Billy Horschel, Colin Morikawa, Kevin Kisner, Jordan Spieth, and Max Homa. Wow, what a lineup. All right, we have to imagine that we're going to see a Shoffley-Cantley pairing for pretty much the entire week. They were yep. the... They were the team to be at Whistling Straits. They will likely be the team for Team America for many years to come. Uh, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth likely going to play some golf together as they have in the past. Uh, curious to see who Scotty Scheffler now teams up with, the PGA Tour Player of the Year. Who does he find himself with? Colin Morikawa, potentially. What about a Cameron Young, Tony Finau? You want to hit, uh, guys hitting it an absolute mile. Be fun to watch those two together. Uh, any surprise pairing you think coming if I hit the nail on the head with maybe a Finau-Young pairing? Yeah, I mean, I know Davis Love the Third spoke about Will Zalatoris being paired with Cam Young. Obviously, Zalatoris is injured. Cantley and Justin Thomas also paired together at the Ryder Cup, one of the sessions, mm -hmm. which I was quite surprised with at the time. So I wouldn't be surprised, perhaps, to see uh, they, them playing together for this. Yeah, Spieth and Justin Thomas, you think that they're going to be a lock. You can play Max Homa with anyone, anyone. really. I, yeah, I'm curious anyone. who plays with Billy Horschel. Because he is someone who comes, he's got always got a lot of energy, a lot of adrenaline. It'll be that times 12 this week at the President's Cup, given the atmosphere. So I'm curious, you know, does he play with someone more even keel, like a Colin Morikawa, perhaps? Someone who's, you know, very level-headed. Uh, I'm curious, or even, I know Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns. I think they're best friends, and they do a lot. Mm -hmm. They have, play a lot of practice rounds together. So I wouldn't be surprised to see those two playing together. I think you're going to put Kisner and Horschel together. I think you put that grit, you put the, the sandpaper, send out the sandpaper, okay? I mean, because that's really what that twosome would be, and uh, I'm wondering if we get that. It would be interesting to see. Uh, on the other side, Hideki Matsuyama, Sun Jm, Tom Kim, Corey Connors, Mito Pereira, Adam Scott, Taylor Penrose, Sebastian Munoz, Siwoo Kim, Cameron Davis, sorry, Cam Davis, <laughs> Christian Bezatehood and K.H. Lee. Uh, okay, is it just a, it's a done deal that Penrith and Connors are playing together, correct? They, they like, have to. crazy not to, right? They have. I mean, the, the, everyone's talking about, oh, you know, the international side, they have their, their stats guru. They, they talk about how, you know, because the ball striking is good, whatever, they, they mesh well. But you got to play the Canadians together, especially because Connors is this great ball striker. Obviously, Pendrith's a great all-around game. I think they would mesh really well, plus they're good buddies too. Yeah, you have a natural uh, Cam Davis-Adam Scott pair potentially. Mm -hmm. You have a couple of natural Korean pairs here uh, potentially nat naturally. The curious one for me is who does Hideki play with? That's always the question mark for me, right? Because in, in a way, 
also being the best player on this team, he's kind of an island to himself. He's he's going to have to lead by example. He's not a rah-rah guy in the room. But if he goes out there, find a partner he likes, who do you think we might see with Hideki, Adam, if you were to take a shot here? I mean, he can really play with anyone. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if they really want to... I was going to say load him up and play him with Sung JM together, perhaps. That would be a pretty good pairing. I'm thinking golf ball, too. Matsuyama is still using a Strixon golf still ball. Still playing Strixon, yes. And looking at the rest of their team, no one else is playing that golf ball. I mean, obviously, like that's a huge factor for these guys. Playing a different golf ball is just so different for these players. Maybe a Siwoo Kim. I know Siwoo Kim can have a bit of a hot temper at times, and Matsuyama is very even keel. We saw Siwoo Kim break a putter at the Masters, which was puzzling to say the least. But maybe someone like him. Uh, I'm curious to Mito Pereira. He had a bit of a quiet summer after nearly having one hand on the Wanamaker Trophy and then that bizarre swing on the 72nd hole. Who does he pair with? Sebastian Munoz is a really good ball striker. But I, I think... I hope we see the Canadians together. That's that's number one. And then Matsuyama, you can really pair him with just about anyone. Be interesting to see. Okay, we're going to take an early break, uh, and then we'll pick up with uh, hopefully with Weeksy on the other side. Now we've given him some time to clear the plane, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we probably won't have time to chat about this on the uh, uh, before we, we pull the plug on today's show. I'm off to Washington, D.C., playing the congressional member guest. Of course, this is the second member guest now. I saw it last year for the first time very quickly after the redesign, but it was just open. So I had a chance to kind of settle into that blue course yet. This will be the first one where it's really the course is settled in and, and it's, you know, it's really ready to, 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 to host a member guest. Obviously hosted the LPGA Tour this year. Uh, it is so hard. It is so difficult, Adam. I, sp- I got to give a shout out to Dustin Curtailer up at Beacon Hall. Um, I-, I-, I said, Dustin, my game is a complete mess. I need a place to come practice, hit some balls, because I'm not a big indoor guy. Like, oh, indoor, is better th- indoor is better than nothing, <laughs> but I need a place. That- so he said, come up, hit some balls. I hit some balls off the dirt. And uh, within 15 minutes, it was uh, worth 15 hours of indoor wow. practice. Uh, wow. Yeah. So uh, found the bottom of my arc, found my ball position, started hitting it pretty good again. So now I'm excited because I, I need some revenge on this blue course, Adam. It, t- <laughs> it had my lunch last year. I owe it something. So, okay. I'm going down yep. there with it. I like it. Meta. Well, a full recap next week. I'm looking forward to hearing all about this. (laughs) All right. On the other side, we're hoping to connect with Weeks, who just landed in Charlotte. I'm getting the thumbs up from Adam. We got Bob set to go, so let's take a break, and we'll hear from Weeks on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit. 
while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Okay, we're a little crunched for time, so let's head straight to Charlotte, home of the 16-time world champion. Woo! Bob Weeks <laughs> joining us now. Weeksy, you're in Charlotte. You're set for the President's Cup. We don't even have time to talk about your trip. I'll have to wait until next time to ask you about London and Paris. Oh, yeah, that's right. So jealous that you were get to go to London and Paris, but... Um, are you excited for this President's Cup? We spoke to Graham Dillette earlier in the show. He was, uh, he was holding out hope that this international team could surprise some people. Well, I guess there's always that hope. you got to kind of put your fingers together and you hope that maybe the U.S. will get a little overconfident. Uh, both sides have lost players. We know that to live. And it's, um, but I, I think the U.S. bench is a little deeper than the international team. So um, I don't know. I just I hope. If nothing else, I hope it's close. I hope it's like last time where it was a good battle and it was a, an enjoyable competition and it has some uh, some meaning to it. So when you get to Sunday, it's not sort of uh, a, a foregone conclusion. I think that would be a, a big achievement. And you know what? If, if they ever manage to upset the uh, U.S. team, it would be a pretty remarkable story. It certainly would be a remarkable story. And we have a first uh, this week with two Canadians playing, uh, Corey Connors and Taylor Pendrith. Do you think they'll be playing together, Bob? Um, good question. You know, they both have, when I've talked to them, I've kind of put that on hold. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. But if they, if let's say the first two rounds don't go that well for the internationals, then I might see them. I might, I think Trevor Immelman might put them together. I think they want to play together. It's just a question of whether the formats will work. I, you you got to think that their games suit each other, except perhaps when they get onto the greens. Um, we'll see what happens there. That could be the deciding factor as to whether or not they play together. Because uh, you know, one hits it straight, one hits it long. It's uh, it's a it's a good combination. But after that, what happens? So. Um, I, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how this team sort of pairs itself together, to be very honest with you. Uh, I said that to Graham, Bob, uh, earlier in the show. I said, if I'm Trevor Immelman, I'm putting Penrith and Connors out first and pulling the jerseys over Team USA, and I'm laying in the knuckles. Start <laughs> off with a good hockey fight. That's yeah. a, that's a, other than a good start, or is that simply – am I answering my own question, Bob? Like, is that the most important thing here for the international team is to just win Thursday? I, I think in talking to players over the years and covering this, it's so hard to come back when you get down, especially if it's, you know, a 3-1 or a 4 nothing whitewash or something like that or a 3-0-1. It's just so difficult to try and get back. The, the international team doesn't have that camaraderie that the U.S. guys have, who have played together, a lot of them in different competitions, uh, they're building it, and I think it was a huge step last time what Ernie Els did. But I, I think that's got to be it. They've got to they've got to do two things. One, they've got to win. They've, they've got to be together in the in the team room, and they've got to get off to a decent start. Um, two two would be brilliant if they could do that on Thursday. I mean, that would go a long way to be perfectly honest with you. But you just don't want to be behind the eight ball when you wake up on Saturday morning with a couple sessions to play. Now, Bob, one of the great things about President's Cup team competition is the atmosphere. It's totally different than many other PGA Tour stops. It's electric. We, we stood together on the first tee in, in 2017 at Liberty National, and some of the fan chants were very creative. They were pretty funny. And for all things that we've heard this week, that the first tee is going to be that and then some. How much are you looking forward to seeing the atmosphere on the first tee this week? 
that's one of the highlights for me of this event. You know, that is a massive, massive stadium. Um, I'm not sure the one, how much the one this, this year is going to hold, but it's somewhere, you know, in the, in the, almost 10,000 people are going to be around the first tee. And like you said, you know, they have a couple of groups that are able to, um, uh, to lighten things up. There's a group of Aussies that, uh, that light, light it up and they have a song for every single player that comes out and they like to sing it. And, um, and I just think that's, uh, that's part of the, uh, the great thing that makes this event so good is that and differentiates it a little bit from the Ryder cup in terms of, um, uh, you know, it's 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 not so antagonistic as the Ryder Cup has become. It's more sort of a fun, friendly, kind of almost hilarious atmosphere when you get onto that first tee. So uh, we'll see what they've got in store for uh, for the guys this time around. All right, Bob. Uh, two quick things before we let you go. One, I, I hate to ask this question, but I kind of almost have to. Don't know if you heard uh, the comments from Davis Love III about a week ago about brushing off kind of the suggestion that maybe this needs to be, you know, the LPGA Tour included in the President's Cup. And we need to to reimagine what the President's Cup is, etc. If this goes down the way it looks on paper, are you concerned about the future of this event? I've been always been confused about or concerned, I should say, about the future of this event because it's just a, a whitewashing. Now, last time Ernie Els got himself close, and I think he really kind of turned the page a little bit in terms of uh, building an actual team for the internationals as opposed to a collection of good golfers from parts of the world. I don't know. I, I kind of have a, a bad feeling that if this becomes a whitewash this time around, then you've got to look at something like that, and that's the obvious answer is to bring the women in and imagine this team, uh, I mean, <laughs> would be if there were six, uh, six men and six women on the international team. It kind of brings me back to the Olympics when they said the two most difficult teams to make in the Olympics last time out was the Kenyan marathon, men's marathon team and the South Korean women's golf team because there are just so many talented players from that country and from all parts of the world, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, Brooke Henderson would look pretty good playing alongside Corey Connors too, wouldn't she? Mm -hmm. um, except like, then we go back to the putting problem there. But but, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but I think there, I think you have to take a strong look at it and just, and just think to yourself, is this going to change in any dramatic way if we keep going with what we do or, you know, it's like my dad said, I saw a guy hitting his head against the wall and I asked him why he was doing that. And the guy said, because it feels really good when I stop. So <laughs> I think, I think that's, that's what they got to do. Okay, quick prediction, Bob, before we say goodbye. This looked closer to 2019 or closer to 2017 when we almost handed it out on Saturday? I think it's going to be closer to 2019. I think it's going, it's going to surprise a few people, but I don't think there'll be any doubt as to who's going to win. All right, Bob, thanks for taking the time to do this. Uh, I, I know you were busy. I know the royal family was so pleased that you took the time to drop by London considering the funeral today and whatnot. Uh, they were upset that you weren't able to stay for the, for the formal funeral today, but they appreciate your attendance. They really do. No, that's great to hear. I'm glad they're happy and they're, they're a good bunch of people. Bob, have a great week. We'll talk to you throughout the week. Enjoy it down there. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks, Bob. All right, Adam, to you. We asked Bob. He thinks it's going to look closer to 2019 in Victoria. He doesn't think it's going to look uh, close to 2017. He, he's still picking Team USA to win. Uh, give me a prediction. Who wins and what's it look closer to? Is this a, a tightly contested match and we have something to watch Sunday? Or is this uh, we potentially handing it out on Saturday? You know what? I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I think it's going to come down to the singles. I, I still think the U.S. wins it. But I, I say they, they clinch the cup in the eighth or ninth match out. 
on on Sunday for the singles. So I, I say going into the singles, there's a, a two or three point gap, but then the U.S. takes it in the end. So closer than many people are saying are thinking the odds makers for sure. But that's what I'm thinking. How about you? Uh, I hate to burst everybody's bubble, but I am going to unfortunately take the cup half empty. I think this is closer to Liberty National. I think uh, that team in Australia had uh, Cameron Smith, had Mark Leishman, had Louis Oosthuizen, uh, who were all playing well at the time. Uh, I think this is, uh, even with the inclusions of, of Tom Kim and, and Mito Pereira, I think this is a depleted international team. I think this is an incredibly talented U.S. team. And being on American soil as well, home, home field advantage in international competition tends to mean something. Uh, I think it'll mean something at Quail Hollow. I'm scared that we're almost handing it out on Saturday again. I really am. All right, Adam, in closing, quickly, give me an MVP for each team, even on the losing side. Who's your MVP for the international roster? Who's your MVP for Team USA? As of right now, I'm going to go Tom Kim for the internationals and Xander Shoffley for Team USA. We are almost exactly the same. I'm going Tom Kim for the international. And I am going Patrick Hantley, who will likely be Xander Shoffley's partner uh, for the majority of the matches on Team USA. So you and I are kind of looking at this, um, looking at this the same way. And then, of course, we're going to put a bow on the President's Cup, and we'll go right back at it. I'm working the Sanderson Farms Championship right. for PGA Tour Radio, so there's no rest for the wicked. And you're going to be off to an Adidas event out, uh, out West Coast with, with Bob, which we haven't even had a chance to touch on. So maybe we can touch on that Monday because Monday we're back in studio, full recap, TSN radio and TSN radio to TV as we simulcast on TSN2 after every major in the world of golf, including team events like the President's Cup. And we did it for every single uh, playoff event as well. So maybe we can touch on that because you know more details about that as I do, because unfortunately I had to say uh, I wasn't available. (laughs) Adam, I'll talk to you this week. Welcome home. Glad you enjoyed Pebble Beach. Thank you so much for listening today. Everybody enjoy the President's Cup. Hopefully we get a good one. Fingers crossed. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.